The economy is getting back underway, and with it, the world of pro sports. Stay ahead of the curve with the unparalleled tools of two world-class news desks, Tim, covering developments across finance, economics, technology, sports. You've got the the national conventions. you got all kinds of stuff you got to keep up on these days, Tim. Wait, wait. Finance, economics, technology, sports. I think that's everything. Is that everything? I think that's everything. It's about everything. There's not a whole lot else you can get in there. Maybe some politics. I'm sure they're there. Uh, so subscribe to Bloomberg.com. And if you're not already subscribing to The Athletic, which, what are you doing? For a limited time, you'll receive a complimentary subscription to The Athletic. You can't beat that, Tim. <laughs> Cannot beat getting access to Bloomberg and The Athletic. Boom. Package deal. BOGO. Go to Bloomberg.com slash subscribe to sign up today. Pete McCarthy, Tim Britton have the Metrospective for you. And Tim, uh, the Mets with both a player and a coach who tested positive for COVID-19, that has caused their series, the final game of their series against the Marlins, to be postponed. Also, the opening game against the Yankees Subway Series on Friday night postponed as well. We will see if it extends longer than that, as we've seen with other teams, the Cardinals, the Marlins. Uh, this can go on for a long period of time if there are a number of players, coaches, people in the organization that test positive. But you certainly hope that the team, Major League Baseball, get out in front of this enough that it is limited. Yeah, I think I think Major League Baseball learned its lesson from the Marlins playing that first game against the Phillies when they had a couple guys who had tested positive uh, and realizing after the fact, you know, 18 players eventually tested positive from that team. You know, we've seen uh, the Mets are the fourth team now that have had a, a positive test from a player during the regular season, joining Miami, St. Louis and Cincinnati. The Reds is the best case scenario for them. You know, they had one player test positive. Uh, they missed the next, that was on a Friday night. They missed Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. We're back on the field Wednesday. That's kind of, a, I think, a best case scenario for the Mets. The concern is you have a player and a staffer testing positive, so you have already got two. Uh, and, you know, you the, the worry is that in the next, next day or so, you hear about more, in which case it has to be a more prolonged uh, shutdown here for them. And again, you hope that is not the case here. Uh, and it does cause you to think back to Ioannis Cespedes opting out of the season, Marcus Stroman opting out. In fact, Stroman said he was worried about this series in Miami and having to play in Florida. And it's one of the reasons that he decided not to play this year. Yeah, you know, Stroman had said, you know, when, when he opted out, he had made it clear that he appreciated and liked what the Mets were doing in terms of protocols, but that there's only so much you can do uh, that, you know, from his time living in Florida uh, back in June, he didn't feel great about kind of how, how many people were wearing masks outside of the baseball context. Uh, and so, you know, there's, I, th I feel like the Mets, Mets have been confident in their protocols with pretty good reason. You know, they didn't have anyone test positive uh, back in June when they had some informal workouts at their spring training facility at a time when other teams had a lot more positive tests. The only positive tests they had in summer training camp were intake testing with Brad Brock and Jared Hughes. So those weren't cases of transmission at the camp. Uh, and they haven't had anything until now in the regular season. So the protocols had been had been doing well until now. But I think it's reasonable to wonder in Major League Baseball uh, if it's if it's 
possible to go the entire season without this happening uh, at some point if the protocols are enough, even if they're followed uh, pretty well or pretty strictly uh, by an entire major league roster. And I think that's what the concern was for a guy like Cespedes and a guy like Stroman, people who have, um, you know, people in their family with elevated risk, uh, you know, Cespedes with his mother in particular, uh, you can understand why they would be concerned. Uh, and you can imagine uh, this kind of validating the concerns that they had initially. And look, if even the New York teams can't get through this season, right? The, the New York area, the positive tests among the public, lower than everywhere else in the country at this very moment. And yet still now multiple positives here amongst the Mets, more than likely contracted down there in Miami, but it doesn't matter where you're from to some degree if you have to travel to all these different places. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, we've seen the NBA and the NHL do better with their their bubble concepts, and baseball was not going to get a singular bubble going for uh, 30 teams of 30-plus players. We talked about this back in April when the, the Arizona plan first came around. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do wonder now, in retrospect, if they could have done you know, multiple bubbles, whether it's three or six or something like that. Uh, and I, I think this hammers home probably uh, over the next couple of days, we'll hear more about uh, a postseason bubble, which mm-hmm. has been has been amping up uh, in the conversation the last week or so, uh, just as a way, you know, you can't have this happen in the postseason and can't have games postponed uh, in the postseason and have a normal playoffs. And that's where the big moneymaker is. The, the whole reason we're playing this regular season is so that there is a postseason and the financial windfall that comes with that. So I, I at this point, I think you'd have to bet on uh, them putting together some sort of bubble or bubbles uh, for the, for the playoffs. And as we've talked about here, just about everybody, it feels like, makes the playoffs this year. It'll be 16 of the 30 teams. In fact, with the Mets having just won three games in a row against the Marlins, they were suddenly within a game of a playoff spot. So for all that has and had gone wrong for the Mets, and even more since we last talked beyond the coronavirus tests, obviously, but uh, David Peterson being placed in the injured list with his shoulder issue and not being able to start, uh, still things were kind of chugging along for the Mets. And the story that I thought we would have been talking about on this show right from the get-go, Seth Lugo, my guy, finally getting an opportunity in the rotation. And, of course, this happens, and the baseball god's uh, not on his side, I guess, so he'll have to wait at least another few days, maybe more than that, until he's able to to make his first start in a few years. Yeah, I mean, you've been pushing this, uh, I think, since before I met you. Uh, you know, certainly before this podcast started, you were you were strongly and firmly on the Seth Lugo should start bandwagon. And I'm with you uh, to an extent. Um, I think this is a weird context for it to be happening. And, and I, I don't mean that with the, the coronavirus today. Uh, it's just, you know, if the Mets were if this were a 162 game season and the Mets were 26 games in and, and this was the state of their their starting rotation, I would say absolutely move Seth Lugo to the rotation. You need him. Uh, since we've only got uh, 34 games left, um, and we don't know now what the time frame for playing those games will be, uh, building Lugo up, you know, I did the math the other day, he was going to get seven starts essentially, uh, and the, you would assume the first two to three were going to be build-up starts. So that gives you four or five regular starts out of him, and even then, what, what's regular? Is that really the ability to go seven innings or, or something like that? And I thought, you know, you could push him aggressively in the bullpen over that stretch. Uh, and the, the innings gap between him starting, including that buildup period, and him relieving on a consistent basis, you know, two innings, two days off, two innings, two days off, that kind of thing, 
uh, was not that, you know, it was five or six innings over the course of the rest of the season. Uh, so I didn't think it made sense in this context. Uh, but and, and now with a even shrunked, sh- shrunked with an even smaller time <laughs> we'll frame for for wh- however many games are going to get in with with whatever happens in the next couple of days, it becomes harder for him to, the, you know, that the innings gap between him as a starter and him as a reliever is smaller than it would be under normal circumstances. But what's the gap between Seth Lugo starting and whoever the heck would have been that next guy who would have stepped into the rotation? <laughs> Well, I think the so the weird thing to me is so we've had the Mets in this situation. You've got Degrom is obviously he's in the rotation full time. So is Rick Porcello. Peterson when healthy rotation. Uh, now you've got Gazelman and Lugo. They've said they want in the rotation longer term. Uh, Lugo, you know, Luis Rojas said earlier Thursday before everything happened uh, that that the plan was for Lugo to be in the rotation the rest of the season. Uh, you know, Gazelman. I'm not sure how long they're they're thinking of this. If if they've kind of sw- if they're switching course already because of how his first two starts have gone, and because well, Lugo's he's a reliever. Gazelman's yeah. a reliever. Uh, but you know, it's like, well, what's the plan if Peterson and Waka come back? Are they mm-hmm. going in the rotation? Do you want to build Mats back up to being a starter, or are you content to leave him in the bullpen the rest of the season? I don't know what the Mets. You know, I don't think they have the luxury really at this point of crafting a long-term like if everyone's healthy what's your rotation uh is Seth Lugo a part of that rotation uh they've suggested that he is but I'm not sure that that's the case at this point I just look at it your best starting pitchers should be in the rotation I I think it's that simple yeah I mean I, I think if if we were doing this at the start of the season uh yes put Seth Lugo in the rotation build a team in which you can put Seth Lugo in the rotation uh, but when you're trying to transition in the middle of the season and when you've got a guy who does has, serves kind of a unique role in your bullpen and is the best pitcher in your bullpen uh, and is, you know, we don't know what he is as a starter. He could probably be a little bit better than a league average starter. He's not a number one. He's probably not a number two. Uh, but he can prove prove me wrong there. Uh, that I, I think in this specific context of trying to do it right now, uh, the best use for him might be just aggressively deploying him in high leverage spots for multiple innings as often as you can. No, it's still, I, I, I'm on the starter, you know, let him go out there. He could build up to six innings within a few weeks. He's already throwing two, sometimes a little more than that out of the bullpen over the years. So I don't think it's going to take forever for him to, to build up and uh, he'll be just fine. Those are important situations early in the game when it's zero, zero rather than being down six, nothing in the blink of an eye. Uh, but it does put pressure, obviously, on Edwin Diaz and Dylan Betances and Jaris Familia in the bullpen. And we saw that go wrong on Wednesday night. Diaz inheriting a bases-loaded situation, walks in the, uh, was it the tying run, go-ahead run, and then Michael Conforto, or the tying run, and Michael Conforto hitting a big uh, two-run homer in the ninth to win it for the Mets. So they, they had some momentum, and then now there's going to be this stop, and we'll find out how long with the coronavirus. One other aspect of this from a baseball standpoint now tim as we've talked about the mets rotation it's been jumbled as they try to figure it out they potentially get some time off here maybe to get peterson healthy and and maybe waka back as well and then um on the back end though you have all these double headers that could start to spring up on you as the cardinals their whole september is going to be double headers uh, i think is the way it breaks down how would you look at how this plays out for the Mets pitching staff if we are looking at, let's say, 
at least the throughout the weekend the Mets are unable to to play and again you know really minimizing things and just looking at the baseball perspective right I think you know coming into Thursday the Mets had 34 games left on their schedule and they were 39 days left in the season uh, that was as good a ratio as anyone else had in baseball you know you've got I think the Cardinals have like eight more games than days left in, in the season uh, or something ridiculous like that. You know, if the Mets miss, uh, let's say the best case scenario, and they miss four days like the Reds did, uh, well, then you've got 34 games to do in 35 days, which is, is tougher, uh, but not impossible. Uh, if they miss a week or eight days, something like, you know, the Marlins missed, uh, I think it was eight or nine days, then you're talking about 34 games in 30 days. Uh, and, you, you know, you need... You know, mentioned the starting depth. Then you're going to need to have seven starters because you're going to have a lot of of double headers. Uh, and you know, maybe you don't. You still need bullpen depth, even though those games are only seven innings. Uh, you're going to need to be able to pitch those guys more regularly than you'd want to, and in in uh, more cramped quarters than you want to. Uh, so it really stresses your bullpen depth. I thought there was kind of a benefit to the Mets getting through this part of the season without. Uh, any interruption to this point it set them up the best for the rest of the season because they were going to have that rest they were going to be able you know while Philadelphia and Miami were playing all these games while Washington still had games to make up the Mets were going to be playing a normal schedule and now that's out the window yeah uh, certainly is Uh, you would presume from here and the athletic will have you covered uh, both Tim Britton Ken Rosenthal you name it the latest of what's happening with the Mets here going forward we'll be back with you on Tuesday morning with another retrospective and hopefully uh, some good news health wise for the Mets and we'll have some baseball to discuss uh, following the subway series bye Tim adios Pete